0: Our God is a missionary God, and we are his missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary.
1: So how many friends do you have? Do you have at least one friend? Uh, If so, maybe you have the perfect platform for making a difference uh, for God's kingdom for this year. This podcast, we we'll going to talk about maximizing one friend, who's your one, and what difference can that make uh, in somebody's life this year. Well, now we welcome back into the Scent Life Studios, Dr. Anna Dobb. Anna, welcome. Thank you, it's great to be back. Man, so each time we bring Anna in here to tell us stories of the sent Ones as we just think about what God's doing around the world, And as we've said before, Anna works with our Global Theological Initiative, which is our arm of Southeastern Seminary that trains and equips national pastors and leaders around the world. And so today, Anna's going to bring us a story, contemporary story, of what people around the world are doing uh, for the sake of God's mission. Anna, what's going on?
2: Thanks. Uh, So one of the joys of working in Global Theological Initiatives is that I get a behind-the-curtain look at some of the things happening with the global church. Mm. And let me tell you guys, we should be very excited. That's great. God God is building his church um, around the world. And so for one example today, I wanted to talk about uh, one of our initiatives here, the East Asian Leadership Initiative, uh, who partners with what's called the Global Leadership Network. This is a, a network that they describe themselves as a theological and missional network focusing on next generation leaders in the diasporas for the kingdom of God. Mm. Now, diaspora, or
1: diaspora, however you want to pronounce that, uh,
2: is a word that some listeners might not be familiar with, Scott. So how would you describe the diaspora?
1: Yeah, the diaspora has to be people who are living in a different place. Their homeland is somewhere else, and they're living as resident aliens in a different location, right? The diaspora. It's, It's a biblical term. It is, yep. We see it that Israel was living in the diaspora, Uh, But that's going to be my guess.
2: No, I think that's a great definition of that. So uh, the Global Leadership Network consists of 11 churches, um, Korean churches, that they would describe themselves as healthy, missional, or evangelical, or at least those are the goals for them. Um, And they want to impact Southeast Asian countries with solid theological training. Hmm. Uh, Their hope is to impact an entire generation of bicultural men and women to carry on God's mission. Uh, so, bicultural, mm-hmm. it's another one of those words that people might right. not rec- uh, recognize off the top of their head, it means that they've lived and understand two cultures and they can move between them well. Sure. Um, an example in the Bible would be Paul. Yeah. He was able to, to be uh, in the Jewish culture, but he was also able to be in the Roman culture. In this particular leadership network, they're trying to impact this entire generation of bicultural men and women, and they want to train their leadership to have a heart for God's mission so that they can do missionary work throughout Southeast Asia. Uh, many of their churches are actually traveling to these countries in Southeast Asia for jobs. Mm. And so they're they're going either temporarily or permanently to these areas in search of employment. Um, these churches send a lot of people as business, as missions, missionaries. Now, we've talked about this uh, before when we talk about Zinzendorf. Right. And so can you refresh us?
1: What's business as missions? <laughs> this, is like, this is like Anna Questioning me, right? but <laughs> you guys don't realize this for years and years. Anna was my student, and now she's the teacher. So, business's mission would be, uh, yeah, business's mission would be when you uh, you take your business, whatever you do professionally, and you go live somewhere else in the world. You do your business, uh, but as you're doing that, you're participating in the missionary activities on location, right there. Again, one of the first people who kind of ventured into this from a Protestant perspective was Count. Zinzendorf, which we talked about several weeks ago. And so it just is a contemporary movement that continues to go.
2: Yes. So this particular network of churches is wanting to uh, empower uh-huh. Koreans to, to go and be wow. business as missions missionaries, um, which is just really uh, amazing. Koreans yep. are actually um, sending missionaries at a, at, a, at a huge number. And it's very exciting to see what God is doing through the Korean church. Now, I'm not going to talk about a specific story. I wanted you to be aware of this particular network. Mm -hmm. And what I would ask for our listeners is that you actually take a moment to pray Mm -hmm. for our Korean brothers and sisters who are carrying God's mission around the world.
1: Amen. What a great reminder that the accomplishment of God's mission and the Great Commission doesn't rely just on the American church, just on the Western church, just on the Southern Baptist Convention. But God's moving all around the world. His people are on mission, Anna. Thanks so much for being here. What a great story! Thanks Thank for talking you. to us about that. Hey, welcome to the Scent Live, Keelan. Welcome back in the Scent Live studio. And Nathan, we're glad our podcast engineers here, making us uh, at least sound like we don't uh, hiccup and cough all the time. You know, folks, what you really don't appreciate is how much Nathan does behind the scenes that makes things sound a whole lot smoother. If you think that we uh, make mistakes along the way that make it on the air, you ought to hear what does make it on the air, right, Keelan? Man, isn't that right? I'm so glad Nathan's here to cut out all the goofy. That's right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really convinced of this. At some point, Uh, Nathan is going to bring out the blooper series. He's not going to tell us that he did it. And we're going to start getting um, updates on Instagram or Facebook (laughs) or Twitter. Hey, I heard that dumb thing that you said. I heard that dumb thing (laughs) that you said.
0: That's exactly what we need to go viral is the outtakes from the Scent Life. Yeah,
1: there's plenty of them there. So, Keelan, welcome uh, here. So, last time we were together, we talked about uh, New Year's resolutions and making a difference there And we kind of did a little teaser that we were moving into a real practical uh, tool or practical conversation about making the most uh, for evangelism. It's really one of the most brilliant things I think that we've done as Southern Baptists in the most recent years.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I was real encouraged when I saw this kind of come out of the different channels as an emphasis for us as a denomination. I think it's a very practical way to put feet to a thing that we, we talk about all the time. Right. Um the importance of the gospel, the exclusivity of the gospel, it's it's our call for every member of every church to be in the process of making new disciples and evangelizing. Uh, well that we say that a lot. But what does it look like for us to put feet to it? And I think this Campaign so to speak it really gives us a way to do it in some simple practical steps.
1: Yeah, no no kidding so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about several years ago one of the initiatives from uh, From our North American Mission Board and the president of our Southern Baptist Convention at that time uh, Dr. J.D. Greer was this emphasis called who's your one and uh, It's been kind of part of the language of so much that we've done that we thought it would be great to revisit it today at the beginning of 2022 just as a reminder that this is not just a program that's old and, and past, but it really can transform the way that you think about god's call on your life to make a difference for the people around you for the sake of the gospel i have been in multiple conversations with people and it's as if the whole language has changed it's hey my one is coming to church you guys pray for my one my one became a christian now i need to find another one all of these things have changed as part of this initiative and we've watched so many people really get uh, excited about about evangelism so keelan can you take just a second and explain What do we mean when we say, who's your one? What is this initiative?
0: Yeah, so real simple here, right? I mean, you can just boil this down to the idea that if every Christian in our congregations and our churches are called to be in the process of making new disciples, Mm -hmm. we're all called to be proclaiming the gospel and evangelizing, then... For us to do that, we, we need to have real faces, real people that we're engaging and actively sharing the gospel with in, in some sense. Well, who's your one boils that down to the most basic level and says who, you individual, mm. is the one person, the name, the actual person that you can write down that you're going to make sure I'm at least trying to work toward gospel proclamation with this person and praying for this one person. So it it takes us out of the abstract mm. And it drags us down to a very relatable level and a practical level where we
1: have to have a name on a blank. Yeah, and sometimes you know, when I've talked with some people about this initiative, who's your one? Uh, one of the critiques that I've heard is oh, it just limits it just to one person. You know, what about all the other people out here? And what I what I've said is, well, let's just start with that one. Sometimes the crowd can be paralyzing, can't it? I mean, I think about my neighborhood, and there are 20-something houses in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There are four people in in a house. It's over 100 people in my neighborhood. But if I said, no, it's my next-door neighbor, that guy that lives next door, he's the one. He doesn't stop with that one. Nope. Oh. But the crowd doesn't paralyze me when I think about that one person.
0: Yeah. I uh, When I have received that critique on this, talking to churches about doing it, I try to be pretty quick to remind them. It doesn't say who's your one and only one. <laughs> right? That's not what's going on here. Uh, instead, it's saying to the vast majority of people who have zero, right. let's up that to one. Right. Now, if you're somebody that's got a list of 10 or 15 people over here, it's going to hurt no one's feelings for you to have more than one. That's right. Uh, but for the rest of us, for those of us who uh, maybe struggle to have specific people mm-hmm. in mind that we are actively trying to engage with the gospel— this is a step in the
1: right direction. That's right. So, what we want to do today in this podcast, because really, the, the last week we talked about um, maximizing the new year for for the sake of the gospel, and what we really want to encourage is take advantage of this uh, this movement, this conversation, to really shape where we head in the next year. So we want to give you some real practical handles that we've taken. Most of these come directly from the Who's Your One website. You just Google Who's Your One, go to the website. Most of this comes straight from there. Um, But just we want to just talk about some very practical ways to make a difference because what we would like to do is this is January. In November or December, would be great if those who are listening would just rise and say, hey, my one became a Christian. My one took steps toward Christ, or to really see that God made a difference in some people's lives, because today, this week, after you heard this podcast... You've identified, this is my one, and these are the things I'm going to do about it.
0: Yeah, I would love to have an opportunity to hear from listeners who engage in this kind of thing to be able to say, hey, here's my one, and here's who, who I'm praying for, and and to have the follow-up of how things are going. Uh, one of the things that I saw in my role when I was back out in Houston, right. working working with churches in the association, uh, the churches that leaned into this as a church-wide mm-hmm. endeavor. Uh, so, Pastor, here's an, a challenge to you. Here's an encouragement to you. Uh, get your whole church involved in this kind of activity as well and have them sharing with one another have them relating to one another about who their ones are. I've seen churches that have a big jar full of ping pong balls or something to that effect yeah. out in the, the lobby where everybody who has a one, they put their one down in there. And then as people do start coming to Christ, we get to move from one jar to the other, or something to that effect, sure. a way to kind of make it tangible. There's a lot of ways to really celebrate with one another and hold one another accountable to this process of evangelism
1: with a tool like this. Yeah, that's right. So step number one would be, Who's your one? Yeah, right. Identify by name, by face, um, by relationship. Don't just don't just say it's going to be someone. So we would really encourage you. Step one, right here, beginning of of the year, identify who's your one, and it could be it could be anyone. Uh, m- maybe spend a little bit of time in prayer. I wouldn't overly complicate this. Certainly, uh, I've. I have known people whose one change throughout the year. You didn't know in January that the person you thought was going to be year one is going to move or your relationship is going to be different. They get a promotion. You get a promotion. Change jobs. Change classes at school. You need to shift to another one. So like you said, it's not your one and only. It's not your one forever. You're not tattooing their name on your arm. we just like you to write with a pen the name of some person that is your one. So be very specific. This This is going to be, as much as I know, my one this year. And my goal with that person is to take intentional steps to lead them. Into a relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, that's right. And there's some pretty concrete ways uh, that are simple to think through how you even come to that one. So uh, I know that it's an, when I've talked to people about this one, it's an overwhelming thing to discover the one if you've never really thought through intentional engagement. Right. And you, you all exist. We all exist in in a different different circles of people. We've got our work circle. We've got our family circle. We've got uh, our neighborhood circle. We've got our hobby circle. Maybe your kids play sports and you've got the parents of all the kids on the team. So there's all these different circles we exist in. You can take five minutes at your uh, kitchen table and sit down and list out your circles and think of four or five names in each of those circles and you now have a list uh, to start with and then begin praying through that list and say, which one of these people, which one's the one that the Lord would have me uh, in this season uh, most directly intentional about trying to share the gospel with them. Yeah,
1: That's perfect, yeah. And again, so step one, who's your one? A name, a face, write it down on a line, write it in the flyleaf of your Bible, mm. and just make a commitment between you and the Lord. This is going to be the person, uh, unless someone else shows up in my life, this is going to be the person this year that's going to be my, my one. My goal is to lead that person into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Step number two would be to, find a, well,
0: we've got to serve the one, right? So, right. So you've got – we've got this person on the paper, but what do we do next? Right. We've got to do something with the person. Right. Uh, otherwise, this is just uh, you know, uh, an exercise in futility really, right? So what are the ways that we're going to actively engage with this person? So if we find our one, then we need to serve the one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, again, it's not like in January we write someone's name down and think I'm going to knock them off the list in February. So I start in with, hey, here's a track. I was thinking about you become a Christian. That could happen. That would be awesome. Sure. But for the most part, the one that we identify is not someone who's almost a Christian. It's not someone who's in our church. It's someone who's far from God. So we begin to serve them. What What are some ways that we can uh, enhance the relationship? Take someone out for a cup of coffee. Um, uh, begin to text them uh, uh Ask about family members. Increase the relationship. Get to know people. When someone has a birthday, let them know that you know it's their birthday. If it's someone at work, how can you go to lunch with them, or how can you be in a relationship? So find a way to serve, to be with, to sort of deepen this relationship, not in a fake way, but really to enhance the friendship that you have with someone that provides that platform for the conversation that you want to have about Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's right. So... Very often, I think we we get sideways on something that's really simple here. Uh, A lot of serving your one, uh, or just good gospel engagement in general, is being a good friend to people. Good point. What does it look like for me to be a real and true friend to someone, uh, but do so with a level of gospel intentionality, Hmm. right? So... There's there's kind of two sides to that statement, and we need to make sure that we're doing both. Uh, we, we want to do the kind of things that endear us to someone, that serve them, that show them they have value to us, that open up and deepen a relationship, uh, those kind of thoughtful things. Uh, in addition to that, though, if we're not careful, you don't just friend someone to Jesus without actually getting to a point where you are having conversations with them about the gospel. Because uh, if you leave that part off, you're not ever actually going to get around the corner here. And and I would encourage people—here's a, a warning about relationship evangelism— the longer you wait to out the fact that you are a Christian and mm-hmm. developing relationships with people, the harder it gets and the more it sounds like a bait-and-switch. That's a good point. And so just be careful in in a— Approaching relationship development for the sake of gospel proclamation, to not be so scared of what they're going to think about your gospel or your Jesus or your Christianity that you you kind of stuff that one away for a later date. Yeah. it's
1: a temptation. That's right. Yeah, be a Christian early in the relationship. Yeah, that's, that's right. I pray for you. Um, you know, this is where I go to church. We did this at my church. No, you know, that doesn't mean you're weird. but They're religious people all around us. That's right. Just to your point, out the fact that you're a Christian in the relationship that makes it more natural later on when we move to what would be the third or fourth step of who's your one and that is have a conversation right. about Jesus. Maybe it would take multiple conversations. We don't need to think that the first conversation we have with someone is going to automatically end with the person praying to receive Christ. We think about moving them a step closer. Remember who's your one is that they have a relationship with Jesus and it may take several steps before they become a Christian.
0: Yeah, I had a, uh, a church planter in Germany, in fact, that uh, I'd engaged with some uh, in some conversations about how they do mission strategy over mm-hmm. there. And uh, he likened for his congregation there evangelism to uh, riding a bicycle through a puddle. Okay. And so here's, here's what he meant by that. Your puddle's got sides and it's got a, a center. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gospel is a message, and in in the message, there's stuff that's irreducible to the gospel. This is the very core of this gospel message. And the purpose of evangelism is to get your bike through the very center of that puddle. Hmm. But that doesn't mean every time you ride by the puddle, you're going to go through the center. And so sometimes we may hit – Uh, an issue that's tangential to it, or sometimes we may hit an aspect of the gospel uh, as the conversation is taking place. Our goal is always to get through the center, but it may not happen on the very first time. And so you you need to think of in having gospel conversations, Mm. plural, with your one. Yeah,
1: that's great and I think that's a great point point. and we we sort of that's that's what who's your one is right you identify your one you serve the one deep in your relationship and you talk to them about Jesus hey so if you we would really like to join you in this whole process with who's your one if you have identified a one or if there are steps that you're taking uh, don't hesitate to let us know uh, as part of the the, the the scent life movement the scent life family uh, our listenership uh, we want to just join you in agreeing with God uh, that these people uh, that you've that you've identified if I would come to faith in Christ If you want to Send us their name Or just say Hey this is who I am I have a one Would you pray for me about this Maybe you're one uh, Is making steps toward Jesus Or maybe we can celebrate with you That that person's become a Christian Keep us in the loop In the conversation If you want to We'd love to be part of all That's taking place As God uses you this next year to see people come to faith in Jesus. And don't forget ever uh, to to pass this podcast on to others. If you like it, others may like it too. It'll increase uh, those who listen to us. Don't hesitate to subscribe. Remember, uh, in a future episode, we're going to have a special question and answer um, uh, podcast that we want to be able to deal with uh, the questions that you have. If you have questions or, again, want to update us on the Who's Your One, you can send an e- us an email to cgcs at edu. That'll be a great opportunity for us to, to, to hear from you and to see uh, what God is doing in your life. But also if you have questions, don't hesitate also to contact us through our social media accounts or anything like that. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Sent Life podcast. Remember, ours is a missionary God and we're his missionary people.
3: Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, we offer over 40 degrees ranging from a Bachelor of Arts to a Doctor of Philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve their local church through a variety of ways. Since 1950, Southeastern has grown its student body to more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the US and around the world. We believe that theological education is more than just building knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you and help you to grow in your faith and go to reach the lost. If you're interested in learning more, check out sebts.edu to find out how God might be calling you to go next. Use the code THESENTLIFE, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee.
1: Hey, welcome to our segment in The Scent Life called Out of the Tower, where we take the things that we teach in our classroom and bring them in bite-sized chunks to you who are listeners with the hopes and the anticipation that you take these and you, you you step out onto the street and learn what it is and practice what it is to live the scent life, to live a life on mission. And as we do each time, we welcome my friend, Dr. George Robinson, into our Scent Life studios. George, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Appreciate you being with us. So, what do we have this week for our out of the tower segment?
4: This week we're going to talk a little bit about disciple making, okay. and uh, kind of the thing that I want to center in on is that if you're going to be a disciple maker, you've got to embrace the mess. The mess. Let's hear it. What are we talking about. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, so oftentimes when we're doing evangelism, if we're talking about making disciples of people who are far from God. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that we're going to have to take the gospel to them where they're at, out in the world. Whatever the lifestyle it is that they're choosing, whatever decisions they're making, we take the gospel to them there. We want to bring them to Jesus. We want to communicate the gospel of grace in such a way as that they understand there's mm-hmm. nothing that they can do to merit God's favor. And if that's the case, then when they say yes to Jesus, their life is still going to be a mess. That's a good point. So we, if we're going to be disciple-makers, we've got to embrace the mess, and then we've got to disciple the mess out of them. Mm. <laughs> and the way that you disciple the mess out of somebody is um, you've, got, you've got to share life with them. Okay. There is no substitute in disciple-making for a shared life. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes when we in churches are talking about discipleship, uh, we automatically think of what curriculum, what knowledge mm. are we going to transfer to them. And doctrine and knowledge and all of those things are really, really important. But nothing substitutes a shared life when it comes mm. to disciple making. It's something I call withness, Okay. a shared life. You know, when Jesus chose the apostles, they were messes, That's good right? Their yeah. lives were absolute messes. And it says in Mark's gospel that Jesus chose them so that they might be with him. With him. And so he embraced the mess, and then he discipled the
1: mess out of them. And that's what we've got to do as well. What a great point. Yeah, we when, when people come to faith in Jesus, uh, their relationship with God changes, but everything about them changes still like a lost person, right? That's right. till they until they grow in the faith. Thanks for so much for being with us as this week we find somebody to share the gospel with and as we disciple them we embrace the mess and then disciple the mess out of them. Thanks for being with us George. You bet.